We're analyzing Walt Disney's stock ticker DIS to see if this storied company is on sale. We're using the Select 6 analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Disney. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. This analysis is around 10 minutes. It's going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Walt Disney's stock performance. Right now, Disney trades for $86.83 per share. Year-to-date, their stock price is down 3%. They're underperforming the market. In the last five years, Disney's stock is down 24% overall. In the last 10 years, they're compounding at 3% annually. They're up 35% overall. Going back before the global financial crisis, Disney's compounding at 6% annually. The company's up more than four times from their lows in the global financial crisis, although they've been cut by more than half from their all-time highs in March of 2021. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Disney? Right now, Disney trades just $2 above their 52-week low. The company's down more than $30 from their 52-week high. Around 1% of Disney's shares are sold short. Disney's a big business that's one of the most well-known companies in the world. They have a $158 billion market cap. Walt Disney owns the rights to some of the most globally recognized characters, from Mickey Mouse to Luke Skywalker. These characters and others are featured in several Disney theme parks around the world. Disney makes live action and animated films under studios such as Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm, and also operates media networks including ESPN and several TV production studios. Disney shifted into a more streaming-focused firm by acquiring the remainder of Hulu and launching Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Across its streaming platforms, Disney had over 235 million subscribers as of September 2022, up sharply from under 64 million in December of 2019. Now with that understanding, let's get into the numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Disney's average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average business earns 7% returns on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the company. Disney's seen some pretty big swings in their returns on capital. They were declining going into 2020. With those lockdowns, Disney's theme parks really suffered. The company was also close to its max spend on streaming in 2020 and 2021. Since things have reopened, Disney's theme parks have been doing better. They're one of the main drivers for Disney's business, so it is good to see them recovering. However, Disney's still earning low returns on capital. They earn just 4% in their last fiscal year. When these are averaged out, Disney earns around 7% returns in a given year. That's just about average down from our benchmark, meaning this is an X on metric number one. Metric number two, we're looking for five-year revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. This metric's all or nothing. All three need to be up for this to be a check. In this time, Disney's grown their revenues 46%. Their earnings, however, are down by two-thirds. The company has way higher selling general and admin expenses. Their depreciation has also increased over this time. While the company's operating incomes are down, both Disney's gross and operating margins have declined by a lot in the last five years. This impacts the company's free cash flows as well, as those are down 86% when we include their numbers until today. Not great to see that their earnings and free cash flows are down so heavily. This is an X on metric number two. 
Metric number three, we're looking for earnings per share growth in the last five years. This looks at Disney from the view of an individual shareholder. In this time, we already learned Disney's earnings are down. Disney has also diluted shareholders by 21%. That's a huge amount for such a well-established company. It's hard to believe there could be pretty much anything more valuable than some of the Disney franchises. They're giving away shareholders' ownership when they issue these new shares. Because of their shareholder dilution and this decline in their earnings, this is an X on metric number three. Does Disney have what it takes to turn it around in the second half of our analysis? Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. This is a similar story. Disney's free cash flows are down and with their shareholder dilution, their free cash flows are down even faster than either of these are by themselves. This is another X on metric number four. During recessions, overly levered businesses can have the biggest losses. Metric number five, we want Disney's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five fiscal years. Disney added on a lot of debt to fuel their streaming ambitions. They ended their last year with $40.5 billion in net debt. Right now, they brought this down somewhat. They have $38 billion of net debt. Still in their last five fiscal years, Disney's only produced $18 billion of free cash flow. That's not enough to support their debt loads. This is an X on metric number five. It depends how this debt is structured to see if it really could cause issues for Disney or not. As a bonus before we get to our valuations, Disney stopped paying dividends in their fiscal 2019. In that year, they didn't have enough free cash flow to fully support their dividends. They also took on a lot more debt, which has mainly been where their free cash flows have been going. Disney has not paid out dividends since then. When the company starts to return capital to shareholders again, could be a potential sign of a turning point that their business has been able to right the ship and turn things around. That's not financial advice. Now it's time to estimate Disney's fair value. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Disney's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Disney. Right now, Disney has a $208 billion enterprise value. This looks at Disney similar to it being a private company. In their last five years, we learned Disney produced $18 billion of free cash flow. This means they produce about $3.8 billion of free cash flow in an average year. When that's divided by their $208 billion enterprise value, it gives us around a 1.7% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Disney produced $1.4 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we only get a 0.7% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. These are both down a lot from the risk premium we were looking for and the yield of the 10-year treasury itself. This is an X on metric number six. Unfortunately, Disney's O for six on our select six analysis. This doesn't mean you just throw the business out. This is a fundamental analysis. Doing better on the analysis improves the probability of it being a good company. In the case of Disney, even though they're 0 for 6, they still have such a storied history. They own some of the most valuable IP in the world. If there's any company that's worth looking into that's 0 for 6, Disney may be the one. Now, we still need to estimate their fair value per share and give our rating. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Disney, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate Disney's fair value per share. A DCF model is based on the predictability of a company's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with a three-year average of Disney's free cash flows, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for Disney. Disney's had a lot of change in their business in the past decade 
decade. This lowers their degree of business predictability. Also potentially unfair to the company. We're taking this average from a very low point in their company history. Keep that in mind. If we assume Disney grows their free cash flows at 6% annually for the next decade, then in the following decade, assuming this growth rate is cut in half and these grow at 3% annually, we'll add in their tangible book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments, from today's valuation multiples, an estimate of Disney's fair value per share is only $14.5. That's down a lot from their current stock price. Keep in mind this is a rough estimate due to their lack of business predictability. Also, this was a very low point in the company's history. Disney could turn things around as they still have a lot of strong IP, but the company's not in the financial shape that it once was. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll give our final rating to Disney, but we need to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors may be even more important for Disney's business. What are they? Well, let's find out. Looking at the factors supporting a long thesis, Number one, although making movies is a hit or miss business, Disney's popular franchises and characters reduce this volatility over time. Additionally, the firm's annual slate does not generally rely on one big picture, reducing the downside from a flop. Number two, Disney Plus has a long runway for growth available both in the United States and internationally. The firm's original series and the deep and constantly expanding library can drive the growth. Number three, the parks and resort segment can rebound strongly from the pandemic as families still view the parks as a prime destination vacation. It wouldn't be fair if we didn't cover the negatives of Disney's business as well. Looking at the factors supporting a short thesis, number one, developing mass market hit programs can be unpredictable especially as media fragmentation continues, the race to attract and retain talented creatives has been and will remain very competitive and expensive. Number two, the streaming space is becoming increasingly crowded. Disney may need to continue to fund losses at this segment beyond fiscal 2024. Number three, the business model for the media networks division depends on the continued growth of affiliate fees. Any slowdown in the growth of these fees as paid television subscribers continue to decline could tremendously hit profitability. Disney's also had some recent C-suite shakeup. Heavily publicized, Bob Iger is back as the company's CEO. More recently, the company's CFO, Christine McCarthy, stepped down. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of Disney's business. Now it's time to give our rating. In analyzing Walt Disney's stock ticker DSI, we learned this storied media company has seen brighter days in their financials. They went 0 for 6 on our analysis, as things have been rough for the business, especially in the past three years. The company's still spending a lot on streaming. Their television networks are seeing increased pressure from the declines in the cable business. And their theme parks have not quite fully rebounded, although they're doing much better than where they were at in 2020. Again, this is not financial advice. Disney doesn't look attractive compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, using those assumptions at today's valuation multiples, if they're the same 20 years from now, if you want a 15% rate of return, an estimate of Disney's fair value per share is only $15. That's down a lot from their current stock price, but that's assuming the company carries on where they're at now, not including any potential rebound, which could be the case. Looking at all the factors of our analysis, Disney looks like a weak candidate for further research. 
Don't let that discourage you from digging in and learning more about the business. There are several fantastic books to read about Disney where you can learn more. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like it, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Disney, and let me know what business to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about Disney with me and have a great day.